0: Hola. Hello! Bienvenidos, Bienvenidos a Entredos. A podcast about raising
1: bilingual children. I do like to read with my mama. I'm
0: Monica. And I'm Paula. Welcome to dos. A podcast about raising bilingual children. Sometimes it's
1: hard to pinpoint the exact reasons why a myth comes to be accepted as fact even after evidence mounts against it. One thing we have found as it relates to bilingualism is that these myths stem from work done within a framework that did not value bilingualism or multiculturalism, as well as a lack of knowledge about language development as a whole. One of the top pervasive bilingualism myths is that it can cause speech delays. Since one of our goals at Entre Dos is to deconstruct narratives about bilingualism, we dove straight in.
2: Yes, so I like to think of it as two sides of the same coin. So, you know, the coin being bilingualism causes delays, right? Which is a myth or a misconception. And one side of it um, says, you know, fear bilingualism and only introduce one language because it will, it has the potential of causing
0: a delay, which is not true. This is Claudia Johnson a bilingual speech-language pathologist and founder of LaLeoTherapy in Virginia.
2: And then the other side of the coin is, um, you know, it's, it's normal for your child who is bilingual to be delayed. So delay intervention because it's okay if they're not meeting milestones. You know, it's just part of bilingual language development. Which is also a myth. So both sides—one instills fear, and then the other one delays intervention needed that this child could benefit from in order to, you know, catch up um, or gain skills that they're lacking. Um, yeah. So bilingualism doesn't cause delays, um, and neither of the neither side of the coin is valid.
1: Bilingualism does not cause delays or disorders. It feels good to get that out of the way.
0: It does. Now let's clear up a few other things. There is a difference between the terms delay and disorder. According to the American Speech Hearing Language Association, or ASHA, a delay is just that a delay in acquisition of language skills compared to one's chronological and cognitive intellectual age peers. In simpler terms, the child is developing language in a typical manner, but is doing so more slowly. Other children his or her age. A disorder means that the child is not developing language as one would expect, or abnormally, according to Speech and Hearing BC, a nonprofit association of speech language pathologists in Canada. Or, as Asha notes, the child continues to present persistent difficulties in acquiring and using language skills. Here's Claudia again.
2: So let's talk about a speech delay. Speech delay is generally found in young children, right? When they're first learning language. Um, And generally speaking, it's when a child is not meeting developmental milestones regarding language, speech and language skills um, at the same rate as their peers, their same age peers. And in bilingualism, it should be the same as, um, as monolingual children. So, you know, we we know that bilingual children obtain or learn their first words around the same time as monolingual children, which is between eight and 15 months of age, you know, and we know that bilingual children develop two word phrases like mama milk or mama leche around the same time as monolingual peers, you know, which is between 18 and 24-ish months, right? All these milestones kind of have a plus or minus two months margin of error on each end. Um, And so we know, research has shown, and we have clear, solid evidence to show that bilingual children should be developing language in a similar pattern as monolingual children. Um, And so when they're not, (laughs) then that is... Uh, a reason, not for concern, but a reason to seek prof- a professional opinion and perhaps intervention if needed.
1: Making matters more confusing is the fact that some things that are normal in bilingual children's language development can be misconstrued as a speech-language development issue.
2: We know that the like, one language system is going to influence the other language system, right? And that's how we do code switching, and so a lot of times Um, features of one language will carry over into the other language. And that's absolutely normal. So when we think about grammar, a lot of times children and adults will borrow a grammatical structure from one of the languages and use it in the other language. And that's going to sound really funky and abnormal in that (laughs) other language. But when you know, The grammatical structures of the other language, you know that that is normal, you know. So for example, um, you know, you think of um, when in Spanish we say, el elefante es más grande, right? The elephant is bigger. But a child or an adult might say, the elephant is more big, because in Spanish we say, más grande. So in English, the elephant is more big sounds strange right incorrect (laughs) and a child might be penalized for that in an assessment and you know that might be put in the category of like oh that's a red flag for speech and language disorder if the person is not familiar with the structures of the other language in this case spanish right but when when we're familiar with those both we know oh no they're just borrowing that grammatical structure from spanish into english and that's normal in you know English language learners, um, and then you know that happens with like other things like final consonant deletion. When a child or an adult drops the final consonant in a word, that's because in Spanish we have very few consonants that are at the end of a word. And so, for example, I'm thinking of have you guys listened to the Baby Shark um, version by the Mexican band? Um, in the in the song, the singers are going, baby shark, doo-doo, 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 baby shark, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. right? They're not saying shark, they're saying shark. Shark.
1: shark.
2: which is normal. They're dropping that final k. Um, which in English, if you were to do, if a, ch- if a monolingual English-speaking child came to my caseload and they were saying char instead of shark, I would be concerned right? But if a Spanish-speaking child comes to my caseload and says, baby Chad, I, because I know Spanish, would be like, oh, that's expected.
0: Claudia told us that there can be a lot of over-identification of speech and language disorders and delays in bilingual children by clinicians not because of any ill intent, but rather because of a lack of familiarity with other languages and how they interact with each other. And as she mentioned earlier in the episode, bilingual children can sometimes be under-identified because people, including parents, believe bilingual children naturally talk later. What then are some red flags that parents should look out for?
2: So during that first year of life, we wanna see some babbling, We also want to see the baby showing interest in the world, right? Interest in engaging with others. So when you as a parent talk to your child, you know, you're using parodies is what they call it. You know, that baby voice, um, which is actually shown to be great for language development. Um, So when you're talking to your baby, your baby is looking at you and smiling and engaged and interested. That is the most important thing to look for during that first year of life. Um, If your baby is not interested, um, you know, not showing great eye contact, um, not smiling at you when you engage with them, that is a red flag during that first year of life. And then during that second year of life is kind of when we start seeing language start to develop. So we want to see First words developing between you know eight and fifteen what, months. So between twelve months and fifteen months, are they saying some words? You know, and they don't have to be. A lot of parents ask me, "What counts as a word? A word, you know?" It's like my child is saying "baba." Is that a word? You know, I'm like, well, <laughs> does it mean something? Are they saying "baba" for bottle every single time? Yes. Okay, that counts as a word. Are they saying baba across context? So not just, you know, in their room or at home, but also at the babysitters. Yes, they are. Okay, that counts as a word. So the word doesn't have to be exactly like the true word, as long as it has the meaning of that true word. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So then, you know, we want to see those first few words developing during that second, the the beginning part of that second year of life. Uh, I mean, yeah. So between 12 months and 15 months, and then by 24 months, which is when they turn two, we want to see at least two word combinations. And when I say 24 months, I mean, you know, plus or minus a few months, right? Um, so Two-word combinations is mama leche or mama milk. Um, so if your child is nowhere near that, if your child you know, only has five words at about 18 months or 20 months, that is a red flag, right? Because generally speaking, it takes about 50 words for a child to reach that two-word phrase um, stage. And so if your child is nowhere near 50 words, they're not close to using two words together, and so I think I think that by 24 months, uh, most parents and most professionals are generally able to tell whether a child at that point needs extra support or not, early intervention or not.
3: It's 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 interesting because as the perspective of an SLP, I thought. If this ever happens to me, you know, because you're the best mom ever when you don't have kids. Um, So when I thought about it, it was like, okay, if it happens to me, I know what to do. It's going to be great because I have all this knowledge. Um,
1: No. This is Zaira Marrero Burgos. She's a speech language pathologist and a single mom. Her son, Darío, is four. Saida started noticing that his language wasn't progressing Um, as it should should when he was about a year and a half. We speak, I speak mainly Spanish in the home, mainly
3: Spanish. That's all he has grown to learn. And I noticed there was a delay when his dad and I separated and he started to, you know, be with other kids, go to daycare. And he wasn't picking any new words. He was doing only one words. Um, he was only doing like the same words over and over again. I didn't see his vocabulary expanding. And um, I just targeted with books, targeted with talking to him. It was a very stressful moment too. So I said, maybe it's distressed of his parents and I separating. He has always been a very aware child. I started looking for some information Fast forward to possibly six months later, same issues, no vocabulary, no putting two words together in Spanish. And even in English at this point, he has been in daycare for a long time. And I spoke to my mom about this. I remember I was like, Mom, I feel like I'm concerned because he's not progressing in language. You know too much. And I'm like, "I. that's why I am telling you he's not progressing. I'm going to actively look for early intervention. And she's like, you only need to speak English to him. You're confusing him. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's not going to happen, but we're going to still do Spanish in the house.
0: Anyone raising a bilingual child has heard this typically well-intentioned advice before. There is no scientific evidence supporting the claim that switching to monolingualism helps a child overcome a speech and language disorder, or that bilinguals are more prone to having speech and language disorders than monolinguals. Essentially, children with speech and language disorders are capable of learning two languages at the same time. Still, this myth seems to creep in.
3: When you lay down at night and you go to bed, you think, what if I'm really confusing him? That doubt is always in. It's insane. I know I know what I, I know what I'm doing. I know the research. I this is what I study. And there's always this little voice in the back of my what if you're wrong, right?
1: Daria was diagnosed with several I, I, developmental I, 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 delays and has an individualized I, I, education program or IEP I, 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 for short. A school aged child who receives special education and related services must have an IEP. The plan creates an opportunity for teachers, parents, and school staff to work together to improve educational results, and it's truly the cornerstone for a quality, equitable education.
3: I, I went to EI. He qualified for EI. Um, he qualified EI for, for EI for a myriad things, including speech and language. Um, he is right now um, in early childhood education and he receives services for many things including speech because of his sounds there's he gropes a lot still and his sounds are very wonky he has a lot of final consonant deletion um he still there's a lot of jargon he's going to turn 4 in on march and um, in his language his 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 language is pretty much delayed. He's still putting only two words together in scripted phrases. So, for example, if he starts whining, I said, baby, use your words. And uh, he says, mama, quiero, wower. It's very scripted.
0: Darío is taking speech therapy at school as well as private speech therapy. Zaida acknowledges that as a speech-language pathologist, being on the other side of the table has been a humbling journey as well as a great learning experience. She confessed that when she takes off her professional hat, she still feels overwhelmed with the road ahead. She talked to us about an emotional experience during a visit to the Oregon Science Museum. We went
3: into the play area. And I remember to this day that I entered and I felt overwhelmed because I I don't know how my son is gonna navigate here. Needless to say, shoes off, took off, it was hard to find him i found him struggling with a ball with another kid that was easy half his age and i said honey you have to use your words like my turn and i'm here scaffolding the situation but he's so into the game or he's so into like getting the ball that he wasn't using his words okay so let's change activities i went to the blocks and there were kids that were like, perfect, like a scaffold. It's like, I'm here still wearing the last activity. We went to the trains and uh, there's this kid his age that he was putting on the trains. Right. And I'm here scaffolding him and, you know, trying to help Darío to my turn. You know that because kids play is very unpredictable. I always say that kids prefer to play with adults because it's very predictable. They know what to expect, but when it comes to the unpredictability of playing with a kid his age, that's where they struggle. And my son clearly struggles on that. And he um, he tried to use his words at one point and but ended up taking the train away, right? And the kid who was his age said, um, mama, but, that's my, but it's my turn. And I, while well, I was talking to Darío, the mama said, let's go and we can come back later. And he, she looked at my kid. And that's when the parent had came in and I talked and I said to his dad, I cannot take this. You know, I have been on this child's case since he was born and there's no progress. I don't see any progress. I don't see anything. Like it's really hard to, you know to deal with this because I'm overwhelmed in this environment. I cannot I can only expect him to be more overwhelmed and I really want him to succeed. I really want I don't know what I'm doing. And his dad was like, you know, you're doing what the best that you can first, second of you're doing a great job. And third, you don't say that there's no progress because Dario did not speak one word when 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 he was a year and a half. And now he is actually trying to communicate. You just have to give him time, and I have to give him time. I have to give myself grace, and I have to trust the professionals that are working with him that they know what they're doing. And I have to trust the process, and I have to trust the treatment. But it's so dang hard. It's really hard as a parent and as an SLP to have this going on. So. because I fell into that comparison trap. My son should be doing this at this point, and he's not. And again, I have to remind myself that, again, it's a process, and I have to trust the process and that every kid is different, but when you're a parent, it's so hard. It's the hardest thing. Even though you, you know the information, it's the hardest thing ever.
1: There is a growing body of research indicating that all children, regardless of their abilities, are capable of becoming bilingual. But for parents raising bilingual children, receiving a speech-language delay or disorder diagnosis may raise questions about how to continue on this path. One that stands out is whether therapy should be in both languages. Here's Claudia.
2: That's a good question too. <laughs> That's a good, when, when possible, It would be ideal. Yes. Um, um, Yes, it would be ideal. But we do have I mean, we live in a very diverse nation. Um, You know, the amount of languages spoken in this nation is incredible. Um, And we don't have the amount of speech language pathologists needed to be able to provide services in all of those languages for every child who needs it so it's recommended that we use an interpreter when we don't speak that other language that the child speaks so for example i'm a bilingual speech-language pathologist and i have expertise in working with culturally and linguistically diverse families what that means is that i don't only work with spanish speaking families because that's the second the other language i speak i work with any family who speaks any language, even though I don't speak it. So my role is to become familiar with that other language and the features and try to be a detective in trying to figure out if that child is presenting typically or atypically. And I can do that with the help of many resources like interpreters, you know, like information on on how those two languages interact. Um, So ideally, if a clinician is not bilingual in both languages that the child or or the family speaks, they would use an interpreter. And when an interpreter is not available, then they can try
0: to have the parents support. Eliminating a child's heritage language comes at a great expense. And it's important to evaluate any misconceptions that might influence your decision of whether your child needs intervention. Many professionals... Um, at this point, recommend
2: parents to stop using both languages. Um, Unfortunately, out of just, again, a misconception of bilingual language development, but we have solid research to show us that children with speech and language disabilities or speech and language disorders are able to continue learning two languages. Um, It's going to require more work and more effort, but that's because learning any language is gonna be more difficult for them. But it's not because they're learning two languages. Bilingual speech pathologists advocate for is continuing to develop develop both languages. Um, And if possible, using both languages in therapy. Um, And that's because we know that bilingualism doesn't negatively impact language development even after a delay is diagnosed, um, so it doesn't add like an extra stress on the child to learn language whether it's monolingual or bilingual. and so if the family speaks both languages, why wouldn't you foster both on a child who has a delay? so I would, I yeah, so I would encourage um, parents to continue using both languages if that's their desire as a household.
1: Thank you to Claudia Johnson for walking us through this topic. You can find more of her advice on Instagram at LaleoTherapy. Also, a big thanks to Saira Marrero-Burgos for opening up to us about her experience with her son, Darío.
0: If you have concerns about your child's speech-language development, you can find a certified speech-language pathologist near you by visiting asha.org forward slash We'll also add this and more resources to our show notes.
1: And as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Entre Dos Podcast.
0: Nos vemos. Hasta la próxima.